Welcome to Chess Talk episode 277. Hello. Hi everyone. We're back. We're deep into the winter month now. Winter months. Yeah, it's cold. It's cold. Uh, we're going to talk about a movie, a new movie. Thank God. That's all I'll say. Uh, you talk, love the movies that we've about been watching. Moving on, talking about some Mythic Quest and what we've been up to. Uh, during this, I will be playing chess, and so far I have not won against this new rank AI, so let's see if I can turn that around. Mm. How are you, though? I'm um, okay. How are you? Fine. Tired. Same. Mm-hmm. Same, same. Yep. Anything exciting happened this week? Any more Final Fantasy gripes you want to air? I think it was after last week's podcast when I accidentally mm-hmm. did the times 100 experience. and Sure was. I leveled up real fast. Yeah. That was a mistake. I don't know. It's fine. It's not a big deal. I yeah, don't have that much to say about it. Just I am way stronger than I need to be now. Yeah. And that's never a bad thing when it comes to JRPGs specifically. Mm-hmm. So. It's just. I don't yeah. like cheating. And I only like make things just slightly easier if i need to you want to make it less like monotonous and grindy yes but now it's like fuck i don't know i was just one-shotting pretty much every monster yeah which that's boring Mm-hmm. that's chill you've been watching veep again yeah it's fun mm-hmm. easy enough to watch <laughs> it is because i mean even though i hear that it's the most accurate depiction of the american government <laughs> It still feels, like, so ridiculous that it doesn't stress me out like other shows about politics do. Even after this year? Yeah. <laughs> it kind of humanizes it all and just reminds me. Everyone's kind of just a bumbling idiot. Mm-hmm. No adult knows what they're doing. Yeah, like, I think they have bad intentions, but they also execute things really bad, too. So, it's a little more of a relief. Yeah. But I just, I think Veep's a really underrated show. Anyway, how was your week? Good. It was all wow. Yes, it was. (laughs) My week is all wow. And by the time this episode's out, I will have done my first raid night. Mm -hmm. And How long has it been since you've done one of those? Uh, since Cataclysm. Give me years. I know, I know. Uh, it was 2011, I want to say. Wow. Yeah, I'm just checking... Uh, no, 20, uh, technically, yeah, 2011 then, because Cataclysm came out in 2010, mm-hmm. but, like, with this one, and Raids they always didn't do. start until, like, the next month. Yeah, they usually give it a couple weeks, and so, yeah, I haven't raided since the end of 2010, if not 2011. Hmm. Weird. So, yeah, it's with the same guild that I did it with back then. That's fun. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm all jazzed up on it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of just like a friendship reunion too yeah except everyone's like an adult and so back then like we'd have two raid nights a week where it's like four hours and now it's like one night a week three hours that's all we get mm-hmm. how long does a raid take depends. or do you just do it until you finish it depends on how good you are mm-hmm. because it's like every raid has a set amount of bosses obviously mm-hmm. and then you just have the entire week to kill them all mm-hmm. and then every week it resets Mm-hmm. So say if um, Tuesday we only kill two bosses or whatever, like you have to do it again. Mm-hmm. And the idea you have to start over. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! The idea is like once you start getting the bosses down, like you can clear them in the first attempt. 
it won't take multiple attempts so it's like you can go through a boss in five minutes Mm -hmm. and so like after a month of it or whatever like the first three or four bosses it's like boom we got those down in the first half hour now let's actually try some new stuff Mm -hmm. so okay that's how raids work and then there are multiple difficulty settings and stuff but we're not that crazy yeah that's fun yeah because like the quote-unquote quote-quote professional wow guilds <laughs> that's a thing it is but it's like come on like they do who's a pro wow player they go on the hardest difficulty which is called mythic and like they just every day every night they're doing it over and over and over because getting world first is always a huge deal yeah like there are a couple expansions ago i remember one of the bosses it wasn't even the final boss of the expansion but one of the later ones and it's like guilds were racking up like a thousand attempts within the first week mm-hmm. on a boss, just trying to get it down so that way they could get the world first for the final boss. Just that's mind numbing to me because that hard that early on, it's like the fights are like 10 minutes long, mm-hmm. a thousand times. Uh, anything else going on? Spotify wrapped. Oh, okay. happened. Yeah. Do you have your stats? I can pull it up. I mean,. I barely listened to music this year. I know. Like, I used to mostly listen to music uh, when I drove, but I don't have a car anymore, and I don't drive anywhere. Yeah. And last year, it was, we drove to work together most days, so. But I'll pull it up. What specifically do you want to find? I mean, just, like, the final page where it shows, like, your minutes, your top five artists, your top five songs. Like, to me, that's most, that's the most digestible of it all. And I was like, why are there four different ones? It's so sad. Did you break four digits? Yes. Okay. Did you break five digits? <laughs> it's very disappointing. Okay. That's all I'll say right now. I don't know if I'd be able to guess your artist, so let's... Can you I'm just... finding my screenshots. Okay. Okay. You might be able to guess some of my artists. If you want to try, take like three guesses and then... Arcade not, Fire. I No. <laughs> geographer no grimes no she had an album come out this year yeah it was okay okay so what are the uh top is wild nothing okay number two is phoebe bridgers okay number three is lcd sound system oh okay is another one bonnie bear no number four is cigarose and number five is the kvb those are my top artists top genre is indie pop whoa weird like you're some basic not basic basic indie nah. uh-huh what are your top artists i won't guess any of them you'll be able to get them oh, i already know one is silent planet no you asked me that and i said it's they're, not on there at all they're not on there i, I thought don't... they would be on there you talked about them all year no i didn't you're thinking of a different band that is on invent there. animate yes yes they're on there do you think they're number one i don't know i don't know they were my number two, which surprised me. I thought they were going to be my number one. Is number one one of the, like, electronica? Yes. Which ones have you been listening to this year? It's not Ghost, is it? It is not Ghost. Is he on there? No. Mm-mm. It's one that has, like, a pun, right? I don't think so. I don't, th- I, I don't think it's a pun. If it's a pun, then I don't know it. Oh, what it's, is it? It's like a guy. Just a guy. It's just a name? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I have a vinyl of his. I've talked about him plenty of times. I don't remember. Trevor or something. Oh, okay. I was like, I don't know if that's a pun. No, it's another one that you listen to that's a pun. Number three is Dance Gavin Dance. Oh, okay. Which kind of surprised me, but not because like I don't listen to their new stuff too much. 
but like I'll have bursts where I'll go back and listen to yeah. like four of their albums in a row yeah. of their older stuff. That's why LCD sound system was on mine. Yeah. The chess, like I can't move my king, mm-hmm. but I'm not in checkmate. And so I'm just like, hmm. what does it want me to do? I can't block their queen. Um, number four, it was eagle-eyed tiger. Oh, okay. That's another like electronic. Yeah, I see that one all the time, and yes. it reminds me of Eagle-Eyed Cherry, which is a '90s artist. I always thought it was just the band name, but apparently it's a guy's name. His name is Eagle Eye. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I would like that name. Okay, what's number five? Uh, Make them suffer. Hmm. They had an album come out this year. All right. So my top songs. I want to have a fun guessing game. Oh no. Uh, Are they all just the songs by those artists four of these songs are from invent animate Jesus. one of them is not <laughs> i think it's just really funny how it worked out this way yeah so we got cloud cascade dark halcyon hollow light moonlight <laughs> and one of those five is not by that band yes. what's the artist of the one song that isn't eagle eye tiger surprisingly oh. i'm gonna guess halcyon nope it was Moonlight. Damn it. <laughs> I just thought it was so like interesting. I was like, that song could easily fit on the album names with the rest of yeah. them. Um, What's your top genre? Melodic Metalcore. That's okay. what Invent Animate is. Yeah. You want to know my top songs? Sure. Two of them are by the same artist. Number one is Garden Song by Phoebe Bridgers. It was the first single, I think, on her uh, new album this year. Um, have you... Have I listened to Phoebe Bridger before? Have you shown her to me? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. She's just, like, bitch rock. That's what I call it. Yeah. It's just indie girl music. She's Angry good. She's really good. But yeah. she's my kind of music. But she's going to be on my top three albums. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway... Garden Songs, number one. Two is Blue Wings by Wild Nothing. That's a catchy, like, I think you'd like that song. It's a pretty catchy, upbeat, like, indie mm-hmm. pop song. Yeah. Uh, three is On My Skin by the KVB. I've definitely played that song for you. I don't know if you remember it. Uh, number four is Dion featuring Justin Vernon by the Japanese House. It's another, like, bitch rock. Mm-hmm. She kind of has a voice like uh, Imogen Heap and um, the singer from Beach House. She has a really deep voice. She's really good. Mm-hmm. And then number five is Kyoto by uh, Phoebe Bridgers from her new album. Mm-hmm. How many minutes did you listen? Yeah, I was like, you didn't say yours yet. Uh, do you want to ballpark mine? Five digits, right? Yeah. yeah. Above or below 50,000? Above. I'm going to say like 65,000. Ooh, 62. Damn. 62137. I was looking for a screenshot from last year but i couldn't find it i'm sure if i listened to last year's podcast about it i said the minutes Mm -hmm. but i couldn't find the screenshot so i was like what are you because i'm sure it was i think it was around sixty thousand as well Hmm. so i think that's like that's my peak i can't i can't break that but on like the metalcore subreddit i've seen a couple people like eighty thousand minutes Mm -hmm. or like one person had one song with thirty thousand minutes played and i was just like I like bands too, but Mm -hmm. I can't like them that much. What do you think is the average length of a song? I would say around four minutes. Okay. Yeah. I would say that's the average. Okay. Um, How many minutes do you have? Guess. I'm going to guess it's around 2,000. No. 
It's higher. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Uh, seven. No. Okay. I don't know. It is 4,109. Yeah. So, like, to me, that seems pitifully low, but yes. I did math, and it's like, on average, it's about, like, a thousand songs. So, like, it's not terrible. It's just, I didn't, I watched a lot of shows and listened podcasts, and yeah, that's I ha- really it. I had some stats about podcasts, but I didn't save all of that. For Trevor something, I was in the 0.1% of listeners with how much I listened to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, my biggest podcast was Cold. Oh, that was because... The Susan Powell Yeah, one. like it had that one, mm-hmm. one big thing on it. Yeah. I always... I think Spotify Wrapped is just like a fun little thing, but I will forever gripe about how they just like arbitrarily cut it off on Halloween. Yeah. And then like they don't include that gap in the next year because there were definitely multiple albums that came out either towards the end of October or like November mm-hmm. where I, I've listened to them a bunch. And yeah. so I know that would skew my results, Yeah, but they're just not there. It's frustrating because I also am in like this mood right now where I'm listening to more music. Yeah. And I don't want to forget about it. Yeah. <laughs> but. Yeah. Like I know Apple Music, they track it year round. And like at any point mm-hmm. you can check what you have. That's cool. And they show just like top artists. Yeah. Um, and Last FM is another one. Yeah. Like if you use them, it like shows you and it breaks it down. Last FM. People do because it has good like listening statistics. Mm-hmm. But no one does it as flashy as Spotify. I saw a funny tweet that was like, it's Spotify rap that one of the panels shows you how many, like, one millionths of a cent goes to the artist. Yeah, that's what I want to (laughs) know. It's like, cool, I've listened to a specific album from Trevor something like a hundred times. How much did that actually give him? Uh, A hay penny. Yeah. And like... (laughs) dark a song from invent animate it was like your 50th stream was on august Mm -hmm. something and i was like okay well how much are you paying them yeah it's like they're about to break just a million streams on that song like that a dollar is spotify just like the amazon of music i mean yeah Yeah. basically they got the monopoly yeah i remember when spotify first came out and you had to like get invited to be able to use it like someone had to invite you like, they tried to keep it pretty, like, yeah. not exclusive, but I not mean, That is over- exclusive. Yeah. That's what Facebook did. That's what Google mm-hmm. Plus did. Like, mm-hmm. it's a thing. People do it. Yeah. And then they opened it up to everyone. Now it's not cool. It's convenient, which oh, yeah. is the shitty thing because it screws over the artists. But that's, that's, that's the economy for you. Anyway, music is cool. Let us know what music you listen to, I guess. Uh, we're going to talk about a movie. <laughs> you want to talk about the movie first? Yeah, I think we've been wrapping up with Mythic Quest, so let's Yeah, but that's up. because we've been talking about bullshit movies. Yeah, well... This is actually like a new movie. Yeah, well, we're going to talk about it now. Fine. We what saw, movie? We saw Mank. Mank. From uh, David Fincher. Mm-hmm. He is the Mindhunter guy. He's done Gone Girl, Social Network, Zodiac, Fight Club, Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Lots of things. Lots of good things, Mm -hmm. apparently, that we just never realized. Like you said, like, maybe he's one of my favorite directors. I just, I don't put a lot of thought into that part of it, which is, like, a shitty thing. But, like, I'm not a fucking, like, I'm not a cinephile. Like, I don't 
cream myself over movies, but I don't know. Apparently, I like a lot of his movies, so. Whatever he's doing. Keep you, doing it, David Fincher. Yeah. It. Um, so, spoilers for this. It just came out a couple days ago. It's a Netflix exclusive. It's all about uh, Herman J. Mankiewicz. 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 Man- okay, so the C is silent. It's kind of like a T sound, I think. Okay. Uh, but that's what the Z does. Yeah, so it's silent, I guess. Uh, it's just about him, who is... Um, he's a writer. He's a screenwriter mm-hmm. from Hollywood back in the 30s and 20s. And it's his struggles with writing Citizen Kane. Mm-hmm. With the quote-unquote help of Orson Welles. Yeah. Um, he, as a real person, apparently was involved in a lot of things that I had seen as a kid and... He just never really got credit for a lot of his writing. I think it wasn't like standard practice to like give credit to everyone on a writing team. Well, I think that's part of what like his brother's storyline was about mm-hmm. like the formation of the Writers Guild of yeah. America or whatever. Like Screenwriters is... Guild, yeah. Yeah. Um, so like because I feel like only within the last twenty years, maybe like people pay attention to who's writing mm-hmm. movies, and even then, I would say probably only within the last decade like the general populace cares because you have things like imdb where you can learn that stuff yeah i think people are able to separate like what you're watching not just being oh this actor's really funny i mean they can be for having like good delivery and timing but recognizing like oh maybe it's the writing that's doing most of the work there right So. so like i get that it's a plight and especially with like some people argue the best movie ever made, like not being known for writing it. Mm-hmm. Like I can definitely see why it's an interesting story to tell. It is. Because I didn't know it wasn't just Orson Welles. Yeah. I mean, so I've let's... never seen it. I mean, I've seen parts of it when I was a kid. I've seen parts of Citizen Kane. Let's talk about it now then. Um, that to me, that becomes one of my main issues with this movie because you've never seen citizen kane no 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 just like it's not really revealed till the end that the fact that mank wants credit as writing like Mm -hmm. that's a huge like issue Mm -hmm. that's not really talked about until like the last scene in the movie and it's like to me i think it's mentioned it's offhandedly mentioned that he's fine with not being credited Mm -hmm. but it's at the same time it's like to me, that is that should be the story because it's still debated to this day how much of the movie was written by Orson Welles and how much was Mank. Yeah. Because there are like well-known edits and changes that Welles did make to the draft. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't like the draft that Mank wrote. Like yeah. that was one for one the movie. But it's just this movie just, I don't know. It was, again, like I feel like most of the movies we watched this year, it's like it was just kind of like a character piece and like a... Mm-hmm. Uh, time piece mm-hmm. on Hollywood. I mean, I would agree and disagree. I think there's this theme. How do I describe it? I think Mank has very strong differing opinions than his peers. Yeah. Um, politically, you know, mostly politically. Yeah. There's other things, but he's like, he either keeps it to himself or kind of like makes jokes about it and like he'll speak up but it always just sounds like he's so oh, he's just being mink he's just joking around but i think uh throughout the story he wants to be a little more outspoken and be heard you know i think 
I don't know if that's like a stretch, but I think it's just this theme of him slowly coming to terms with he wants to make a difference and he wants to say what he really thinks about, you know, fucking William Randolph Hearst and right. um, Louis Mayer right. and Upton Sinclair and, and just all like, these people that... Yeah, like the wealthy mm-hmm. Hollywood class yeah. and like his thoughts on like how they think they have this like iron grip on the entire industry mm-hmm. yeah he's tired of them pulling the strings yeah and i think he wants to put his name out there and because and say i disagree and it's like him putting his name out there like opens the door for other mink types to yeah, also because i think at that time in hollywood it was very much like the opposite of now where it's like you were expected to be very like conservative and like pro-america and Today, that's not the case. It's very much the opposite. So I think that was, I don't know, I think not brave of him, but I guess brave. It was just new. I think that's the theme is that he wanted to kind of open the door to people not falling in with the corporate Hollywood elites. Let art be art. Yes. I Don't let Hearst control us all. But I just wish, like if that's what the movie is really about, like I wish I had seen Citizen Kane before this. Yeah, I think it would help. Because I mentioned to you earlier, it's like, I feel like in order to fully appreciate this movie, all the like characters and digs and like Yeah, jokes, there's like a lot of references. That... Uh, it's like you need to have lived in the 1940s. Or 30s, very much studied it. And like be aware of film and like the landscape and just like these local California politics. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I don't know. I think, I, I see what you're saying. I think, though, like, there he does a good job of explaining it in kind of universal themes rather than you have to have understood, like, these people in this time period. Like, this theme of socialism and fascism, Yeah, I think, rings true today. So I think he did a good job of trying to make it accessible to people today that have no idea but what was going on. Like, that part with, like, Upton Sinclair and stuff like that mm-hmm. was easy enough to follow along Yeah, with. you just mean, like, this very specific references to film. Which is most of the movie. Because yeah. it's him, like, writing a movie and, like, talking about other writers and mm-hmm. actors and, like, who to do what. So it's, like, mm-hmm. yeah, the actual political stuff and, like, the personal relationships, like, yeah, that's fine. But it's, to me, that isn't the movie. And so the majority of the movie, I'm just, like, but who are these people and like what are these people they're talking about and why are they important to them it's just i don't know i would disagree i think <laughs> that those references are over my head but i don't think they're the movie i think they're not filler but they're like like cherries on top for the people that get it i think the movie but- is the theme of mink finally taking a stand speaking out wanting his name on something that he really believes in and um, the political undertones of it all. I think that's the movie. And I think the authenticity of the time period and the way the film was made is just, you know, it's Greg Sprinkles. But I'm not I'm not saying the references are the movie. It's like, I literally don't know who Hearst is. I don't know. You don't know. know who William Randolph Hearst is? No. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Like, I thought you knew who he was. I don't know who he is. I don't know... I didn't know that RKO was like this big picture conglomerate. I don't know. They're just like a movie studio, but I don't think you need to know who they are to know the movie. But they were important 
with the distribution of Citizen Kane because Hearst had like stake in them. I mean, I don't think they the, they make up a big part of the movie, though, to ruin it. I think not knowing who William Randolph Hearst is absolutely yes. would ruin the movie. Yes. Yes. So and that Meyer. I didn't know you didn't know who he is. Like, Mayor? I, he's just... he Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer is MGM. Yeah. He's yes. one of the founders of MGM. But it's like, they just kind of... I, it's real life, I guess, but it's just... There are these huge characters in the Hollywood scene, and it's just like... I could barely remember their names mm-hmm. partway through the movie just because it's like you're being introduced. So it's like that is what I'm talking about. Yeah. Where it's like it doesn't really like show you what is important in the movie. Yeah. I think the only thing that would be important to know prior is who William Randolph Hearst is. Like you can gather who Louis Mayer is. He's the founder of MGM. He, to me, it was just some suit. Yeah. He's Metro Goldwyn Mayer. Mm-hmm. And then Marion Davies, she's an actress. She was William Randolph Hearst's mistress. That's really it. That's mm-hmm. really all you need to know. But it's if you Rose don't know who Bud. William Randolph Hearst is, I get why you don't understand that. Mm-hmm. He was a figure in the early 1900s that kind of popularized and brought into the mainstream yellow journalism mm-hmm. which is like basically like tabloid journalism yeah, yeah i know yellow journalism yeah he mm-hmm. is the one that did that yeah like he's that guy mm-hmm. so fuck him and he, he started fake news basically and he made it into like the he, arts owned, and he like had like movie. a monopoly over everything everything mm-hmm. like news and because like Medi- before every movie there were newsreels and things like that he is logan roy yeah yeah. He owns everything. He yeah. owned everything. He lost everything. Before he died. Yes. Um, I think he owned like his company, obviously, they, like, and there was some value, and he owned his properties, but he had to sell a lot. He was like over $100 million in debt by the time he died. They made references to that in the movie, like one line with Amanda Seyfried. Mm-hmm. Don't kick him while he's down. Yeah, and like she had to loan him a million dollars. To keep the Sam Simeon castle mm-hmm. he lived in a fucking castle with giraffes and elephants yeah. and zebras i think it's just like very i don't know i think this movie i don't think he intended it to be so um poignant to our times but it it did i just think seeing how the rich live when there's people mm-hmm. on the street starving mm-hmm. yeah and... even the person that's on the street looking for work out of out of a job, probably homeless, borrows a dollar and pays it back. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Anyways, but. it's it was a dense movie. It yes. was pretty sure I enjoyed it. Now they have some insight <clears throat> onto my confusion. It's like that's why. See, I didn't know you didn't know who William Randolph mm-hmm. Hearst is. So I'm like, there's not any like major references that are like gonna ruin the movie. It's just I didn't know that you didn't know who he was. I yeah. I get it. Like he's the very short part of like your history classes but he's definitely talked about yeah and like i don't know the significance of orson wells and like i get that he's like he was a big up-and-coming guy and like the fact that he was directing a movie at this age was such a thing yeah he just came out of nowhere and made some of the best movies but like i didn't know that going into this movie i learned that after watching it so it's i didn't know it's i i just think this movie needs a primer and that's a weird thing I'm going to put an asterisk on that just because you don't know a lot of things about old movies. That's all I'm going to say. Which is fine. Yeah, but it's fine. It's just I think... other people probably know way more than the movie does. But for the common Netflix 
goer. I don't think they... I want to do a poll. Tell us if you knew who William Randolph Hearst was. Yeah. If you heard the name before. That's all I'm saying. It just... Yeah. It's it's Oscar bait. That's what it this is. movie it is. It is. Which is fine. But I think it's one of my favorite Oscar Beatty movies. It didn't make me roll my eyes. I'm not saying it's one of my favorite movies of all time, but... No, yeah. It's Oscar no- Beatty movies make me roll my eyes. Would you say it's the Citizen Kane of Oscar Bait movies? I, I can't say whether or not it is that because I uh, haven't watched Citizen Kane. No, but that's the meme. It's like, yeah, it's the best movie ever. So it's the Jaws is the Citizen Kane of horror movies. and Fuck sharks. Another, I did talk to you about this mm-hmm. disappointment I had was with the soundtrack. I liked it. It was just, it was so nondescript, and it was Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross, and, like, I wanted to go and listen to it on Spotify and see if, like, oh, it is actually interesting. I just didn't get a chance to. Yeah, I think you were probably focused on the goings-on and the who's that of it all to really focus on the music. Something like that. Which I understand. I've done that before. Yeah, and, I mean, you mentioned it to me that, like, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross, they wanted to only use instruments from of that the time, time and, and make it, it was, everything about this movie felt very authentic. The way it was shot, the lighting, the costumes, the makeup, everything about it felt authentic. So why not the music too? I liked it. I appreciated that. I'm not like creaming myself over it to repeat my phrase. Is, yeah. I was like, is this your phrase for the night? Yes. I don't really want that. Too bad. But I, I thought it was, there was a lot of attention to detail yes. and they put a lot of thought into it, which I appreciate. It's a, It wasn't just, oh, they shot it in black and white. Like the thing that they do that is, I think, very common in like noir and other types of movies like that is when they like fade out on the scene, but like the lights on like the cars stay, mm-hmm. stay bright. Because like the light is like has to die out. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I thought that was like really cool details. And the and typewriter like, introduction to the scene. It's, it was like... They having, were like having a script. Yeah. And it was like with noir, you'd have a narrative saying mm-hmm. it. It's like, well, this is about a screenwriter. So you're going to have mm-hmm. a script to tell you what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was cool. Yeah. It was... This to me, this is epitome of A for effort. You... I can see all the things you did. Mm-hmm. You guys went through so much goddamn work to make this yeah. seem like a movie that came out in the 1940s. And yeah. it did, but it's... It seemed like everyone cared about it. <laughs> yeah. Because they knew the Oscar. It's coming. I hope so. I hope that it gets some awards. I'm sure it's going to be nominated. Mm-hmm. I think David Fincher, all that we see is pedigree. He is a very... Prolific. He's an Oscar darling. Yeah. I mean, have any of his movies gotten Oscars? I don't know if Gone Girl did. Maybe Curious Case of Benjamin Button, because I remember that being so fucking popular. I never watched it. Uh, Nominated uh, Best Achievement Directing for Social Network and Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Uh, He won the Golden Globe for Social Network Best Directing. Mm -hmm. He Gone Girl was nominated, and Benjamin Button was for directing at Golden Globes. Okay. Uh, he's won some Emmys. Okay. Uh, he was a nominee for the episodes he directed of House of Cards. Oh. Uh, I think he created House of Cards. No. No, I don't think so. He just directed a couple episodes. Creator is Bo Will- Willimon. Yeah. 
He's an executive producer for House of Cards. Yeah. I was like, because he got nominated for House of Cards many times, and it's just for, like, best show. Yeah. So, usually that's when they're, like, a creator or a producer. Yeah. He has been nominated throughout his career, I would say. Okay. But, like, he's definitely Social Network, Benjamin Button, and Gone Girl. Like, those definitely got some attention. Yeah. And Rooney Mara... Um, and Rosamund Pike were nominated for Best Actress. In his movies. Yeah. 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 So the only one that isn't one of those three is Rooney Mara for The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo mm-hmm. was nominated. I remember when that got nominated. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Do you have any other big thoughts on the movie, the story, anything? Um, not really. I just spent a lot of time last night reading about Citizen Kane and... William Randolph Hearst. Does this make you want to watch Citizen Kane? Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. I never knew what it was. Like, I knew what it was basically about. Like, a guy on his deathbed, he says some word. and then Rosebud. Yeah. And then a journalist is tasked with finding out what it means and goes through his, like, life history. Yeah. Until you find out. Do you know what Rosebud is? I mean, they say in the movie it's, like, the pet name for... No. That's a joke. Yes. What what is it? Do you want to know? Do you want to watch Citizen Kane? Not really. Oh, okay, it's uh his sled. It was the Kane in the movie. His sled was like the brand name was like Rosebud when he was a kid. Why is that his last word? Because he's holding a snow globe while he's dying. He basically it reminds him of his childhood before he got basically sold to a like corporate tycoon and then learned how to be. William Randolph Hearst from him. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. It just reminds him of his childhood. Yeah. Well, it was a movie. I wasn't... I don't know. I guess I can say I was disappointed by it, but, like, I didn't leave it going, like, that was a waste of hours, but it was fine. That's where I'm at. Okay. What would you rate it? Out of 10 what? Out of 10 roofies out of 10 letters to home out of 10 roofied out of 10 bill nye the science guys oh yeah bill nye made a cameo as upton sinclair everyone will know yeah um probably 6.5 okay that's where i'm at eight yep eight out of ten okay let's move along to the mythic quest right Last two episodes we've watched. Episodes five and six. Spoilers for that. Episode five. Is it called Dark Quiet Death? Yes. Yeah. Am I going out on a limb on saying that was your favorite episode? Absolutely. Yeah. Because it's just a, not a bottle episode, but a isolated episode that doesn't really tie into the series. Yeah. I think it's just, I think the show is just trying to show you like, what it's like to work in the gaming industry and this was like a very contained story of like a couple that worked on a game together and how their lives progressed and then i think it just led to a couple little like references that we've seen so far like roscoe and then in the next episode someone's wearing in a dark quiet death shirt Shirt. which is the name of their game that they made that Kristen Milioti yes, makes. because she's a morbid son of a bitch. Yeah. She's Bean. That's what she's credited Doc as. Doc and Bean. Yeah. So sad. It was a... Um, it was a good episode, definitely. It was just like For a, being 30 minutes, it felt like a two-hour movie. Yeah. Like, I think so it, much happened. 
I think he did a very good job of making itself. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but it, like it made it feel like a movie, even though it was only 35 minutes. Yeah. Uh, Rob McElhinney directed it. Mm-hmm. I think his sister wrote it. Katie. There's McElhinney? a lot of people credited oh, okay. as writers. Um, oh, it's because story editors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like Charlie Day. Oh, no. Sorry. The writing credits are all fucked up. Yeah. Katie McElhinney yeah. is written by, but then it also lists the created by, the story editors, mm-hmm. the staff writers, and the executive story editor. Yeah. So, yes, Katie McElhinney did write it. Yes. So, very interesting. It was an experience, that episode. It, I think I liked that more than the show itself. I would say so, yeah. I would. It makes me wonder, like, what the show could be if it was, like, an anthology following, yeah. like, separate game studios. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that would get old, which is weird. Yeah, because you need characters that you can relate to, and, like, yeah. it's the familiar- familiarity that makes you enjoy shows and wants yeah. you to, like, keep watching them. Yeah, I think it's weird to do a comedy anthology show. But this episode wasn't a comedy. No, no. I mean, like, if Mythic Quest was just an anthology show that was a comedy, like, it'd be weird. But I feel like what makes this episode special is that it's just different. Yeah, it's just the one-off. Yeah. So if they were all, like, special little anthology things... They want to be special. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It just... I'm just so curious, like, how this episode came to be. That's yeah, what I want to know. I'm very curious, too. Like, what... It came out of nowhere. What happened in the writer's room? They're like, this is the episode we need. Yeah. Whatever made them do it, good choice. That's made all Made you cry. Say. It did. <laughs> it was sweet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... You think that the office they chose is the Mythic Quest office. That's what I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Because they didn't say it was. They did any hint towards The that. only hint that they were related is like the exec that they pitched to to get the game mm-hmm. made. That's the same exec that yeah. Mythic Quest was pitched to. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Like it looked vaguely similar. And obviously yeah. there's going to be some changes and stuff to the structure of it. But mm-hmm. it's just. Maybe it was just they were just using the same set because they Maybe. had the same set. But. Yeah, I thought that was a cool prediction. Maybe like, oh, that's why it's tying in. But then, nope. Just yeah, there's no sad. There's no payoff to that, but it does mean it's not gonna happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't have a lot to say. Just yeah. Episode of the year. Made you cry. It did. Back to the normal stuff, though. Back to their hijinks in episode six. Episode six, you have Poppy using the new giant employee to distract Ian. Because there's like a bug in the game. The masked man's like giving away free loot, right? Uh, Yeah, and mm-hmm. so she's wants to work on it without having to worry about Ian yeah. messing with it. Yeah. Which you think after the episode ended that like he's a plant from the old MMO. I don't know about that. I, w- I think it would make sense because, like, I think that the other MMO plays Cold Alliance, like, they want Poppy. And so mm-hmm. I think, like, it would be a very smart, deliberate decision to do mm-hmm. to try and make her, like, stress the fuck out and hate her job if it's constantly breaking. Yeah. So I think it's a fair enough yeah. guess. Maybe. I just 
would feel more like that if he wasn't just moved down to the basement with Sue. Like, this to me, now he just felt like a plot device. Yeah, but he's still a coder. Yeah. It's just Ian couldn't handle having him mm-hmm. within eyesight, so yeah. he's banished. Yeah. He's taller and he's stronger. Mm-hmm. He's younger. Mm-hmm. More yeah, masculine. All around. Mm-hmm. Makes question Joe. It makes Joe question her loyalty to mm-hmm. Ian. That moment he just picked up Ian. Oh. <laughs> I want to know how tall the actor really is. I had your favorite joke. His name was Paul, right? Yeah. Yeah, because Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> What's her name? Poppy woke up at uh-huh. the female coder's desk. Michelle. And he's like the new guy and she was going to ask him something. And she like didn't know his name. So she turned around to Michelle and she was like, oh, it's Zachariah. And she was like, oh, okay, Zachariah. It's just Paul. Mm-hmm. He is <laughs> six seven. Oh Jesus! Yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah, that's my favorite. That was my favorite joke. I think that's just the funniest thing to do to someone. Like next time I introduce you to someone, I'm gonna make up their name. Great! Can't wait for that. Or if you forget someone's name, <laughs> so funny. Yeah, he's apparently married to. Uh, co-creator of the show, Megan Gans. Oh, she worked on Community. Yeah, and she's written some It's Always Sunny episodes. Yeah. Yeah, she's a writer and producer now. Yeah, pretty sure she's the one that accused Dan Harmon of harassment. He apologized, and they made up. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I am thinking that the rest of the show... Well, I can't be the rest of the show, but I think that this bug and potential hacker is going to be the next big hurdle. Yeah. Um, I don't imagine Poppy's going to leave because no. too too much of a main character. Yeah, I'm like it's season one. Yeah, that'd be interesting, <clears throat> but mm-hmm. yeah. So we'll keep going. We're almost done with it. It's fun. A lot of people say that the tenth episode, which was the quarantine episode is one of the best episodes as well it's the highest rated on imdb even higher than dark quiet i think it was all shot on iphones Mm -hmm. i'm sure it was like sponsored or something i don't know yeah we'll see just they wanted to do something different yeah it's quarantine but it is an apple tv show so that would make sense actually that's like a thing that companies do yeah i just (laughs) forgot i forgot that iphones were now a television network (laughs) why not uh, I think we're good to wrap up there. Yeah. I'm losing interest. I just kind of gave up because I can't win that. I thought you said I'm losing interest. <laughs> no, in chess. Yeah. Losing in chess. Yeah, that's all I got. We'll be back next week talking <clears throat> about uh, more of Mythic Quest, another movie, and different things. Probably talk about WoW. Uh, no, we'll see. We'll, we'll bring some stuff, make it interesting. Uh, thanks, as always, for listening. Yes. We'll be back again next week awards are coming in hot and spicy so get ready and that's all i got yeah thanks guys Bye. bye